Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email also sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 8, The Journey Back, with Section 6, The Power of Joint Decision. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, which is Lesson 93, Light and Joy and Peace Abide in Me. And that will be led this morning by Fran. Well. Let me ask Lori, do you have an opening for us this morning? I do. Good morning. I'm really glad you asked. Because today I have this perfect roomy poem. Um, it's very long, so I'll um, omit a couple of stanzas, but it begins like this. I was dead. I came alive. I was tears. I became laughter, all because of love. When it arrived, my temporal life from then on changed to eternal. Love said, you already have your own wings. I will not give you more feathers. And then my heart pulled itself apart and filled to the brim with a new light, overflowed with fresh life. Now even the heavens are thankful that because of love, I have become a giver of light to Rumi Palmon Love. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Hey, this morning with us and reading... This uh, actually everybody on the list so far. I have uh, Fran, Lori, Charles, Robin Marie, Harrison, Karen, and Jessica. Is there anyone else who's joined who would like to join the reading list? 
anybody else who joined the call who would like to join the reading list to just say hi. Good morning, it's Renee. I'm listening. Good morning, Renee. Good morning, Renee. And uh, so we are still in chapter eight. We journey back to section six, the power of joint decision. Started here with paragraph 42. We are the joint will of the sonship whose wholeness is for all. We begin the journey back by setting out together and gather in our brothers as we continue together. Every gain in our strength is offered for all so they too can lay aside their weakness and add their strength to us. God's welcome waits for us all, and he will welcome us as I am welcoming you. Forget not the kingdom of God for anything the world has to offer. The world can add nothing to the power and the glory of God and his Holy Son, but it can blind the sons to the Father if they behold it. You cannot behold the world and know God. Only one is true. Brand. The Power of Joint Decision. 42. We are the joint will of the sunset, whose wholeness is for all. We begin the journey back by setting out together and gather in our brothers as we continue together. Every gain in our strength is offered for all, so they too can lay aside their weakness and add their strength to us. God's welcome waits for us all, and he will welcome us as I am welcoming you. Forget not the kingdom of God for anything the world has to offer. The world can add nothing to the power and the glory of God and his holy sons but it can blind the sons to the Father if they behold it. You cannot behold the world and know God. Only one is true. 43. I am come to tell you that the choice of which is true is not yours. If it were, you would have destroyed yourselves. Yet God did not will the destruction of his creations, having created them for eternity. His will has saved you not from yourselves, but from your illusions of yourselves. He has saved you for yourselves. Let us glorify him whom the world denies, for over his kingdom it has no power. No one created by God can find joy in anything except the eternal. That is not because he is deprived of anything else, but because nothing else is worthy of him. What God and his sons create is eternal. And in this, and this only, is their joy. Well, thank you, Fran and Lori. 43. I have come to tell you the choice of which is true is not yours. If it were, you would have destroyed yourselves. 
Yet God did not will the destruction of his creations, having created them for eternity. His will has saved you, not from yourselves, but from your illusions of yourselves. He has saved you for yourselves. Let us glorify him who the world denies, for over his kingdom it has no power. No one created by God can find joy in anything except the eternal. That is not because he is deprived of anything else, but because nothing else is worthy of him. What God and his sons create is eternal, and in this, in this only is their joy. Listen to the story of the prodigal son, and learn what God's treasure is and yours. This son of a loving father left his home and thought he squandered everything for nothing of any value, although he did not know its worthlessness at the time. He was ashamed to return to his father because he thought he had hurt him. Yet when he came home, the father welcomed him with joy because only the son himself was his father's treasure. He wanted nothing else. Thank you, Lori and Charles. 44. Listen to the story of the prodigal son and learn what God's treasure is and yours. The son of a loving father left his home and thought he squandered everything for nothing of any value. Although he did not know it was worthlessness at the time, he was ashamed to return to his father because he thought he had hurt him. Yet when he came home, the father welcomed him with joy because only the son himself was his father's treasure. He wanted nothing else. 45. God wants only his son because his son is his only treasure. You want your creations as he wants his. Your creations are your gifts to the Holy Trinity, created in gratitude for your creation. They do not leave you any more than you have left your creator, but they extend your creation as God extended himself to you. Can the creations of God himself take joy in what is not real? And what is real except the creations of God and those which are like his? Your creations love you as your soul loves your father for the gift of creation. There is no other gift which is eternal, and therefore there is no other gift which is true. Amen. Thank you, Charles and Robin Marie. 
47. Oh, oops. 45. God wants only his son because his son is his only treasure. You want your creations as he wants his. Your creations are your gift to the Holy Trinity, created in gratitude for your creation. They do not leave you any more than you have left your creator, but they extend your creation as God extended himself to you. Can the creations of God himself take joy in what is not real? And what is real except the creations of God and those which are created like his? Your creations love you as your soul loves your father for the gift of creation. There is no other gift which is eternal, and therefore there is no other gift which is true. 46. How then can you accept anything else or give anything else and expect joy in return? And what else but joy would you want? You made neither yourself nor your function. You made only the decision to be unworthy of both. Yet you could not make yourself unworthy because you are the treasure of God. What he values is valuable. There can be no question of its worth because its value lies in God's sharing himself with it and establishing its value forever. Thank you, Robin Murray. And uh, Harrison. Forty-six. How then can you accept anything else or give anything else and expect joy in return? And what else but joy would you want? You made neither yourself nor your function. You made only the decision to be unworthy of both. Yet, you could not make yourself unworthy because you are the treasure of God. What he values is valuable. There can be no question of its worth because its whole value lies in God sharing himself. Again, there can be no question of its worth because God because its value lies in God sharing himself with it and establishing its value forever. Forty-seven. Your function is to add to God's treasure by creating yours. His will to you is his will for you. 
he would not withhold creation from you because his joy is in it. You cannot find joy except as God does. His joy lay in creating you. And he extends his fatherhood to you so that you can extend yourself as he did. You do not understand this because you do not understand him. No one who does not know his function can understand it. And no one can know his function unless he knows who he is. Creation is the will of God. His will created you to create. Your will was not created separate from his. And so it wills as he wills. Thank you, Harrison and Karen. 47. Your function is to add to God's treasure by creating yours. His will to you is his will for you. He, he would not withhold creation from you because his joy is in it. You cannot find, find joy except as God does. His joy lie in creating you and he extends his fatherhood to you so that you can extend yourself as he did. You do not understand this because you do not understand him. No one who does not understand who does not know his function can understand it. And no one can know his function unless he knows who he is. Creation is the will of God. His will created you to create. Your will was not created separate from his. And so it wills as he wills. 48. And, quote, unwilling will, unquote, does not mean anything. An unwilling will does not mean anything, but because it is a contradiction in terms which actually leaves nothing. You can make yourself powerless only in a way that has no meaning at all. When you think you are unwilling to will with God, you are not thinking. God's will is thought. It cannot be con contradicted by thought. God does not contradict himself, and his sons who are like him cannot contradict themselves or him. Yet their thought is so powerful that they can even imprison the minds of God's sons if they so choose. 
this choice does, does make the son's function unknown to him, but never to his creator. And because it is not unknown to his creator, it is forever knowable to him. Well, thank you, Karen and Jessica. <clears throat> thank you. 48, unquote, unwilling wills, unquote, does not mean anything because it is a contradiction in turn, which actually leaves nothing. You can make yourself powerless only in a way that has no meaning at all. When you think you are unwilling to will with God, you are not thinking. God's will is thought. It cannot be contradicted by thought. God does not contradict himself. And his sons, who are like him, cannot contradict themselves or him. Yet their thought is so powerful that they can even imprison the mind of God's son if they so choose. This choice does make the son's function unknown to him, but never to his creator. And because it is not unknown to his creator, it is forever knowable to him. 49. There is no question but one you should ever ask yourself. Do I want to know my Father's will for me? He will not hide it. He has revealed it to me because I asked it of him and learned of what he had already given. Our function is to function together because apart from each other, we cannot function at all. The whole power of God's Son lies in all of us but not in any, any of us alone. God would not have us be alone because he does not will to be alone. That is why he created his son and gave him the power to create with him. Thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader for... 49 and 50. This is Sandra. I can read. Thank you, Sandra. There is no question but one you should ever ask of yourself. Do I want to know my Father's will for me? He will not hide it. He has revealed it to me because I asked it of him and learned of what he had already given Our function is to function together because apart from each other, we cannot function at all. The whole power of God's Son lies in all of us, but not in any of us alone. God would not have us be alone because he does not will to be alone. That is why he created his Son and gave him the power to create with him. him. 50. Our creations are as holy as we are, and we are the sons of God himself, and therefore as holy as he is. 
Through our creations, we extend our love and thus increase the joy of the Holy Trinity. You do not understand this for a very simple reason. You who are God's own treasure do not regard yourselves as valuable. Given this belief, you cannot understand anything. I share with God the knowledge of the value he puts upon you. My devotion to you is of him, being born of my knowledge of myself and him. We cannot be separated. Whom God has joined cannot be separated. And God has joined all his sons with himself. Can you be separated from your life and your being? Thank you, Sandra. <clears throat> and is there a new reader for 50 and 51? I can do it, Lemoyne. Can you hear me? Um, dear little thing, Judy. Go ahead. Okay. Our creations are as holy as we are. And we are the sons of God himself. And therefore, as holy as he is. Through our creations, we extend our love and thus increase the joy of the Holy Trinity. You do not understand this for a very simple reason. You who are God's own treasure do not regard yourselves as valuable. Given this belief, you cannot understand anything. I share with God the knowledge of the value he puts upon you. My devotion to you is of him being born of my knowledge of myself and him. We cannot be separated. Whom God has joined cannot be separated. And God has joined all his sons with himself. Can you be separated from your life and your being? The journey to God is merely the reawakening of the knowledge of where you are always and what you are forever. It is a journey without distance to a goal that has never changed. Truth can only be experienced. It cannot be described. It cannot be explained. I can make you aware of the conditions of truth, but the experiences of God. Together we can meet its conditions, but truth will dawn upon you of it. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. <clears throat> and is there another new reader for 51 and 52? Another new reader for 51 and 2? Okay, back to you, Fran. 51. The journey 
God is merely the reawakening, the knowledge of where, always, and what you are forever. It is a journey without distance to a goal that has never changed. Truth can only be experienced. It cannot be described, and it cannot be explained. I can make you aware of the conditions of truth, but the experience is of God. Together, we can meet its conditions, but truth will dawn upon you of itself. 52. What God has willed for you is yours. He has given his will to his treasure, whose treasure it is. Your heart lies where your treasure is, as his does. You who are beloved of God are wholly blessed. Learn this of me and free the holy will of all those who are as blessed as you are. Well, thank you, Fran and Lori. What God has willed for you is yours. He has given his will to his treasure, whose treasure it is. Your heart lies where your treasure is, as his does. You who are beloved of God are wholly blessed. Learn this of me and free the holy will of all those who are as blessed as you are. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lori, and all who read this morning. This one has appeared opaque to me in terms of trying to summarize it. So, um, I think I want to turn back to the first paragraph in the chapter. It may just be describing my condition, but I believe it's generally true. As you are hampered in your progress by your demands to know what you do not know, and that this is actually a way of holding on to deprivation. You can't reasonably object to following instructions in a course for knowing on the grounds that you do not know. The need for the course is implicit in this objection. Knowledge is not the motivation for learning this course. Peace is. As the prerequisite for knowledge, peace must be learned. This is only because those who are in conflict are not peaceful, and peace is the condition of knowledge because it is the condition of the kingdom. <coughs> so, um, Today's reading, The Power of Joint Decision. We are the will, we are the joint will of the sonship whose wholeness is for all. We begin the journey back by setting out together and gathering our brothers as we continue together. God's welcome waits for us all, and he will welcome us as I am welcoming you. 
Forget not the kingdom of God for anything the world has to offer. Let us glorify him whom the world denies, for over his kingdom it has no power. No one created by God can find joy in anything except the eternal. This is not because he is deprived of anything else, but because nothing else is worthy of him. What God and his sons create is eternal, and in this, and this only, is their joy. Let's read 44 here. Listen to the story of the prodigal son and learn what God's treasure is and yours. This son of a loving father left his home and thought he squandered everything for nothing of any value, although he did not know its worthlessness. He was ashamed to return to his father and his home because he thought he had hurt him. Yet when he came home, the father welcomed him with joy because only the son himself was the father's treasure. He wanted nothing else. In 45, God wants only his son because his son is his only treasure. <clears throat> you want your creations as he wants his. They do not leave you any more than you have left your creator, but they extend your creation as God extended himself to you. Can the creations of God himself take joy in what is not real? And what is real except the creations of God and those which are created like his? Your creations love you as your soul loves your Father for the gift of creation. There is no other gift which is eternal, and therefore there is no other gift which is true. Okay, 46. How then can you accept anything else or give anything else and expect joy in return? And what else but joy would you want? You made neither yourself nor your function. You made only the decision to be unworthy of both. Yet you could not make yourself unworthy because you are the treasure of God. There can be no question of its worth because its whole value lies in God sharing himself with it and establishing its value forever. <coughs> so, your function is to add to God's treasure by creating yours. His joy lay in creating you, and he extends his fatherhood to you so that you can extend yourself as he did. You do not understand this because you do not understand him. No one who does not know his function can understand it, and no one can know his function unless he knows who he is. 
creation is the will of God. His will created you to create. His will was not created separate. Excuse me. Your will was not created separate from his. And so it wills as he wills. 49, there is no, no question but one you should ever ask of yourself. Do I want to know my Father's will for me? He will not hide it. He has revealed it to me because I asked it of him and learned of what he had already given. Our function is to function together because apart from each other, we cannot function at all. The whole power of God's Son lies in all of us, but not in any of us alone. God would not have us be alone because he does not will to be alone. That is why he created his Son and gave him the power to create with him. Our creations are as holy as we are, and we are the sons of God himself, and therefore as holy as he is. Through our creations, we extend our love and thus increase the joy of the Holy Trinity. You do not understand this for a very simple reason. You who are God's own treasure do not regard yourselves as valuable. Given this belief, you cannot understand anything. I share with God the knowledge of the value he puts upon you. My devotion to you is of him being born of my knowledge of myself and him. We cannot be separated. Whom God has joined cannot be separated, and God has joined all his sons with himself. Can you be separated from your life and your being? The journey to God is merely the reawakening of the knowledge of where you are always and what you are forever. It is a journey without distance to a goal that has never changed. Truth can only be experienced. It cannot be described and it cannot be explained. I can make you aware of the conditions of truth, but the experience is of God. Together we can meet its condition, but the truth will dawn upon you of itself. What God has willed for you is yours. What he has, he has given his will, what he has given is his will to his treasure, whose treasure it is. Your heart lies where your treasure is, as his does. You who are beloved of God are wholly blessed. Learn this of me and free the holy will of all those who are as blessed as you are. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thanks, Lemoyne. Thank you. Bless you, Lamorne. Thank you so much.
You're welcome. And it bears repeating, at least in my uh, <laughs> uh, my mind, filled with beliefs of unworthiness. Okay. Um, that has brought us to the top of the hour. So, if I may, I'll turn to you, friend, to lead us in the lesson. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook, and today we are on Lesson 93. Light and joy and peace abide in me. So I shall read some from this lesson. You think you are the home of evil, darkness, and sin. You think if anyone could see the truth about you, he would be repelled. These are beliefs so firmly fixed that it is difficult to help you see that they are based on nothing. That you have made mistakes is obvious. Today, we question this. Why would you not be overjoyed to be assured that all the evil that you think you did was never done, that all your quote-unquote sins are nothing, that you are as pure and holy as you were created. The self you made is not the Son of God. Therefore, this self does not exist at all. Your sinlessness is guaranteed by God. Over and over, this must be repeated until it is accepted. It is true. Salvation requires the acceptance of but one thought. You are as God created you, not what you made of yourself. In our longer exercise periods today, which would be most profitable if done for the first five minutes of every waking hour, we will begin by stating the truth about our creation. Light and joy and peace abide in me. My sinlessness is guaranteed by God. You are what God created or what you made. One self is true. The other is not there. You may not be willing or even able to use the first five minutes of each hour for these exercises. Try, however, to do so when you can. At least remember to repeat these thoughts each hour. Light and joy and peace abide in me. My sinlessness is guaranteed by God. Should you be tempted to become angry with someone, tell him silently, light and joy and peace abide in you. Your sinlessness is guaranteed by God. You can do much for the world's salvation today. And you can do much today to bring the conviction to your mind that the idea for the day is true indeed. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 93, light and joy and peace abide in me.
Your sinlessness is guaranteed by God. Over and over this must be repeated until it is accepted. It is true. Lesson 93, light and joy and peace abide in me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you. Thank you, Fran. I'm going to read one more line in paragraph six that I just saw that is so profound. Whoa. Your sinlessness is guaranteed by God. Nothing can touch it nor can change to what God created. Wow. Incomplete. Thank you. Thank you, Fran. Thank you. Thank you, friend. Yeah, the instruction mm-hmm. is to repeat it. So, <laughs> as mm-hmm. the end of seven works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever mistakes you made, the truth about you is unchanged. Creation mm-hmm. is eternal and unalterable. Your sinlessness is guaranteed by God. You are and will forever be, you are and will forever be exactly as you were created. Light and joy and peace abide in you because God put them there. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lemoyne. <laughs> makes me giggle. Oh, that's yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> this is Charles here, and uh, I like to. I had uh, an aha moment just um, reading the chapter here, and it really goes with the lesson quite well. I feel for myself, and it says the world cannot can add nothing to the power and the glory of God and His holy sons but it can blind the sons of the Father if they behold it. And you cannot behold the world and know God. And that word behold struck me. For I used to think of the word as behold as to look upon. But to beholding to something for my existence 
to be holding to my parents for my existence, to be holding to the food I eat for my existence, to be holding to the what I learn for my existence. I'm realizing I'm giving the world the reason for my existence, and that blinds me from the light that God created me as, the innocent that God established me forever. I am missing the point that my mother and father are both created in the light and innocence and glory of God. And I through them and the extension of that light and glory, whom I have an undying love for and always will have an undying love for. Now I realize those who I have an undying love for are but extensions of God's glory and God's love that reminds me of God's undying love for me and for all my brothers and sisters. So that word behold takes on a new meaning for me. It no longer means to look upon. It means to give claim to my existence. If I behold God in all his glory, it's he is the cause for my existence, for my being, for the light of who I truly am. And I no longer give the world the cause for my existence. And as I do this lesson today, as he says, I create the atmosphere for the experience to occur. Then the experience will come beyond words, beyond ways of means of being able to share it. It'll be a personal realization of what the truth is. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Good morning, Ed Harrison. Paragraph 51, and the lessons fit nicely together. The journey to God is merely the re- reawakening of the knowledge of where you are always and what you are forever. Right and peace and joy abide in me forever. Regardless of my behavior, doesn't matter what I have done or what I'm doing now, or what I do in the future doesn't change anything. My experience here as Harrison is totally irrelevant to God. My experience here as Harrison is totally irrelevant to God. It has no effect whatsoever. All the quote good I've done as Harrison 
all of the bad I've done as Harrison is irrelevant. Only my creations. And I believe creations uh, is the love that I have extended. He says, our creations are as holy as we are. And we are the sons of God himself, and therefore as holy as he is in paragraph 50. Through our creations, we extend our love and thus increase the joy of the Holy Trinity. All of our loving thoughts are our creations. Nothing else is real. Nothing else exists. We are loving thoughts of God and all of the loving thoughts that we extend are like God's thoughts. It's an, an incredible realization for me just to allow the idea of who I truly am to embed itself in my thought system and to allow that idea that I am a holy son of God regardless of what I have thought about myself, regardless of what others think about me, I am a holy son of God. And like the prodigal son, I've come home to the truth of who I am. I'm complete. Oh, thank you.
This is Charles one more time again. <laughs> I love this lesson. As I say this lesson quietly over myself day in, to all I come in contact with every way, whether they come to my mind or on the phone or I meet in person, I realize I'm actually creating the atmosphere for me to meet lovely souls like yourselves, be more filled in my life with beauty and joy of a shared recognition that we have here together as one. Wow. What a joy as I keep repeating those phrases over and over. Life will make that a reality fully and more fully in my life. I thank God for you all, and I thank God for these words. Amen. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, God. I'd just like to highlight this is Harrison, one line, one more line in this reading. This stuff is powerful. The journey to God is merely the reawakening of the knowledge of where you are always and what you are forever. That is a powerful thought, a powerful idea. You know, we go through life uh, trying to figure out really our way back to God. And Everything is really about that, whether we acknowledge it or not. The journey to God is merely the reawakening of the knowledge of where you are always and what you are forever. 
It's a journey without distance to a goal that has never changed. Truth can only be experienced. Truth cannot be described. Truth cannot be explained. Jesus can make us aware of the conditions of truth. But the experience of God, the experience is of God. This course can take us to the door. But we have to open the door and surrender. Okay, God, I'm here. I'm ready for the truth. Together we can meet its condition. But the truth will dawn upon you of itself. So, on this call and all of our gatherings, we can be made aware of the conditions of the truth. But the Experience is of God. We have to let go and let God. Let go of everything we thought we knew and understood about who we are and what the world is. And just let it go. And just stand naked of all beliefs. <coughs> Excuse me. And just let go and let God. I'm complete. It's beautiful. Thank you, Thank you, Harry. Thank you. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. I just Thank had you, one thing before before I go to work. Thanks, Harrison. I just had one thing. Light and joy and peace abide in us. And our sinlessness is guaranteed by God. I was thinking about guaranteed. And I've heard of a two-year guarantee. How about a lifetime guarantee? How about an awesome eternal guarantee? That's God. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Harrison, for, I mean, thank you, everybody, for being here. Thanks. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for your brightness and for your love. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for letting me wedge myself in here. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Shine on, dear ones. Shine on. Thank you so much. (laughs) 
Have a holy day. I just want to say amen. And amen to what you just said here. It just, I was really soak at it all in. And I, I just, just before you started talking, I was trying to, uh, I didn't really go through all the reading, but I did hear the reading about the uh, truth is experienced. Uh, and that is just so profound because Truth is going to stand whether we can grasp it, understand it, believe it, uh, know it. It's still going to stand. And that's, uh, I do believe that's where the Course is trying to get us to the experience of it. Uh, and uh, to actually uh, understand that we, uh, I'll say from the Bible, it says that uh, we, Christ is in us and we're in Christ. Uh, so uh, one of the uh, scriptures says, Apostle Paul says, I live yet, not I, but Christ will live in me. And that is just so so beautiful. And it's, it's something that, that I believe the Course is trying to get us to, to, to experience, uh, to live out that uh, life of Christ, uh, the life of the Spirit. And that is what... Uh, my 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 struggle is it's not just a just a understanding of it in my mind uh when I hear a lesson and I'm reading it and i'm and I see the beauty of it as I read it that's that's still not it uh, uh and what the course is saying here is it you could hear it all day long we must actually experience it and um that's the beauty of getting to what uh Harrison was saying. Let go, let go, and let God just, you know, let the let the spirit and the power of God overtake us to where we're able to um, experience uh, that the beauty of living each day. I mean, this is so beautiful. Living each day in the spirit, waking up in the spirit. Whatever my eyes see, I'm in the spirit. However I speak, I'm in the spirit. I live the life of the Spirit each day. Uh, that's what, where I think all of us are trying to uh, get to, to live the life of God in our life and to, and to where whoever we encounter, no matter what the circumstances are, we see those situations through the eyes of Christ. We see those situations through the love that's uh, given to us to you know, give out to the world and that we cannot be affected because we're seeing now differently. We're seeing on a different plane, not the, not the plane of the ego, but we're seeing everything through the eyes of the Spirit. And there can be nothing but love in that. And so that is just so beautiful to me. That is where I really want to be. <laughs> I really want to live my life out like that. Uh, and... It's just getting us closer. Hearing it, hearing these lessons is getting us closer because if we can see the beauty of the words, then we can eventually see the beauty of the experience. And um, I'm complete. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Thank you. That was right on point. Thank you. Morning. This is Sandra. And in paragraph 
43. And I just want to just share something. It's, it's, sometimes it's frustrating because, um, I don't know who it was, Robin Marie, I think she, she said she had to wedge herself in and to really appreciate the quiet times and just to allow that space so that nobody has to wedge themselves in. So there's that space for those maybe who don't speak up as much to get inspired to speak up. So I'm just sharing that. Um, And in paragraph 43 it says, Yet God did not will the destruction of his creations, having created them for eternity. His will has saved you, not from yourselves, but from your illusions of yourselves. And those illusions, for me, are uh, examples of how I have let the world define who I am rather than let God define who I am. My sinlessness is guaranteed by God. Not my mother, not my father, not my children, (laughs) you know, not the guy next door. It's guaranteed by God. And because of that, light and joy and peace are available to me and abide in me if I choose. Or I can let the world define me and start to identify with that. And then that's my identity and I'm all um, discombobulated because it seems like the world is just falling apart before my very eyes, before the body's eyes. But in God's world, this world is healing. All the ugliness is coming out into the open for us to look at without judgment, but to take responsibility that we participated in creating that ugliness because we let the world define who we are rather than let God define who we are. And who we are is light and joy and peace. And I'm so grateful because all of my suffering has been due to allowing the world to define who I am, and yet deep inside I knew that wasn't true. And I felt like a victim because of it. And I don't have to, be, to feel like a victim anymore. Because God defines who I am. And he guarantees my sinlessness. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Amen. Thank you, Sandra.
Hi, this is Ida. Hope I'm not interrupting anybody. I just came on. I just wanted to say hi and tell you that um, something was going on with the phone system here. So even when I tried the backup number, I couldn't get on earlier this morning. So I'm glad I could get on now. Thank you. Hello, glad you're here, Ida. Yeah, glad you're here, Ida. Nice to hear you, Ida. Thanks, guys. This is Steve just checking in saying good morning. I'm complete. Morning, Steve. Good morning. What's the title for today's lesson again, please? Light and peace and joy abide in me. Here you are. This is you. Thank you, Lori. Yes, it does. It it abides in me. And in in Reverend Pam's call earlier, when we sang it, we said it a couple of times, light and joy and peace abide in us. Our sinlessness is guaranteed by God. And that's great because that's true as well. Because we are one, really, because he says in the Course that all minds are joined and that that, uh, God only created one son and that it took us millions of years to actually separate or appear to separate, really, I should say. And I take that to mean physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually because I just sort of have to guess with that sentence. You know, that was the one, there was only one sentence about it. But, uh, but yeah, light and joy and peace abide in you. Your sinlessness is guaranteed by God. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Has anybody heard from Ayanna? I was um, 
I had trouble this weekend with my phone too because I was changing um, phone service providers and it was wasn't activated for a while and I didn't wasn't able to hear from her. Anybody heard from Miami? No, I haven't, Ida. I haven't. You know who she is, right? Oh, yes. Diana from Texas, yeah. Oh. Oh, she told me she was... No, not Diana. Iana, A-Y-A-N-A. She's from Canada. Oh, I no, not at all. I don't know. I don't know that yeah, one. Yeah, no, she was on the other call. Well, I believe that in the silence we can know a lot of things and feel a lot of things and experience a lot of things. So I'm going to be silent now. Thank you. Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Ida. I'm just fascinated by this section. Um, starting with 42, at the end he says, You can't behold the world and know God. Only one is true. That, just that statement to dwell on it and think about it. I can't behold the world and know God. Only one is true. Which one is true for me? Is it the world or is it God? 
And what is ramifications? I think that all I've been doing is beholding the world. That's what I've been doing. That's really what I'm doing now, is beholding the world. And if I insist, what this says to me, if I insist on beholding the world, just looking at the world, and I think what he means by beholding the world is believing that the world I see with my eyes is reality. And the world I experience with my mind is reality. You cannot behold the world and know God. Only one is true. The Course is replete with this idea of one or the other. I have to choose. There's the rub. <laughs> is that it, I have to make a choice. Do I want the world? Or do I want God? Every day I'm making that choice. Jesus, however, tells me that the choice of which is true is not mine. Thank God. If it were, I would have destroyed myself. His will has saved me, not from myself, but from illusions of myself. God has saved me for myself. The way out is to come home. To just come home. And that only requires a change of mind about who I am. I am the Holy Son. God. Nobody 
can contain my spirit nor impose upon me an identity that God created not. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. Thank you, Harrison. This is Sandra again, and you know, we're so innocent. We are just so innocent. Because our only mistake was that we believed. That's it. We just... It was, you know, our parents told us these lies, our, our eyes told us these lies, the world told us these lies, and we believed them. But now, I mean, for me, that was my own, if you're going to call it a sin, that was my only sin. I believed it was true. But how it made me feel was miserable. And when I align with God's definition of who I am, how it makes me feel is wonderful. I'm complete. Amen. Why isn't that the truth? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Yeah. And I still... I, I thought I was... I didn't know I was unmuted. I was trying to unmute. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, and this... I think about the uh, struggle to let it go, let go of the lies. And uh, even though we're hearing the tr- these truths, uh, it's still that uh, I always look at it like the allegiance to the lie, that uh, it, it it becomes a struggle. To it's, it's almost like a, for me, it's almost like a commitment to the lie. Because uh, it came from my mother or it came from my father, someone that as a child I loved and I had to, and I felt that they were right. Uh, So to uh, let go of the lie, it's almost, it almost feels to me uh, that I'm letting them go. And and I am letting them go. That's really what's going on. Uh, That's the truth. However, it's still that little child in me that it don't want to let them go. So it's the twisted understanding or twisted thinking that to let go of the lie is letting them go. And uh, so, you know, getting getting past all of the wrong thinking to the point of uh, uh, being able to fully experience uh, the truth and fully experience the walking in the spirit uh, and, and actually putting them to the side and seeing them, trying to see them in love. Um, I had mentioned at a recent meeting that um, I, um, I had a lot of fear and I had asked the Holy Spirit to um, release me of the fear and someone, oh, get rid of the fear for me. And someone said that, uh, you know, uh, that one of the uh, lessons is to not necessarily 
uh, ask the Holy Spirit to get rid of the fear, but to transform fear. And I had never heard it that way. And, uh, you know, later on that day, I, I kept thinking about that. And then, and then I realized the Holy Spirit helped me see that it's really not fear. It's, it's not, it, I don't have the fear uh, that I thought I had. That, that what it's related to is, is the love that I have for them that I feel ashamed of. And what I'm fighting is the fact that I love them. I love uh, uh, those that um, taught me wrong, those that may have caused some abuse in my life. I still love them as a child. I love them and because I know some of the behaviors uh, was wrong coming from the adults in my life. Uh, to still love them, the child love that was given to me by God to love my parents, I'm I'm fighting against it, and and so that's that's really what the Holy Spirit showed showed me that it's not fear, it's you not wanting to acknowledge that you really love them, because if if I acknowledge that I really love them, I thought that that meant I was acknowledging that I agree with what they did. And so that really opened it up for me and showed me how it's true that that, that fear, the Holy Spirit transformed it all for me to show me what that what I mistook, was mistaking fear for. And so I was released. It was just a matter of understanding that I was released. And I could say, oh, my God, the fear that I thought I had all these years is not fear at all. So uh, they gave me a sense of release. And um, so just to go back into, you know, originally just just having the allegiance to to them, I no longer have to think about it that way. I can I can think about it with what what I've been shown. I really do love them. I have nothing to do with, you know, what choices they made. And their choices don't belong to me. Your choices belong to God. But for me, I can admit, I can finally admit, I really do love them. It doesn't matter what they did to me. I really do love them. I'll, I will uh, land there. Thank you. That's beautiful, Karen. Thank you. Amen, Karen. Amen. Thank you, Karen. Yeah, that was very large. I appreciate the inspiration. Yeah, thank you, Karen. Put some, put some life in the. Forgive them; they know not what they do. Or as it says in the Course of Love, <clears throat> forgive them; they too cannot be separate and alone, no matter how hard they try. Thank you. It's important for me to remember that only the love is real, and that's what I heard from you. Anything else can't be real because God didn't create it. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. 
Thank you, Aaron Seven. Thank you, Aaron. Good morning. Go ahead, Karen. Okay. Um, it was a really weird weekend. Uh, yesterday, I was I was fine. Everything was fine, and then I spoke to someone, and I was so flooded with or activated or triggered or whatever you want to call it with false self. The emotional power, it was like a tsunami of false self emotions. Nothing external was really responsible for it. It just was like um, shame and guilt and fear, absolute terror and you know, I try to walk myself back. Like, first, I just wanted to hurt myself because I was like, why did I say that? Why did I do, Why did I even talk to this person? You know, and I wanted to attack myself for even putting myself in a position where I could, ident- where I could feel self-identified with my ego because usually I'm barely protective. You know, and I don't take any chances about talking to this particular person for for the sake of feeling what I ended up feeling. And then I just felt like so disappointed in the Course. Because where was the Course of Miracles after all this time of, you know, letting the light shine through my fear and not identifying with my ego and... um I didn't share on the first call, and I was trying to hold the space all this call with just the light shining through this stuff and letting it go, you know, letting it be released or pass through me or be dissipated. But it's so disappointing that it was so powerful and it knocked me off my feet or off my, you know, my alignment to the truth in such a profound way. I mean, all night long I was tortured by thoughts. And, you know, I kept saying things like, I am as God created me. And I kept saying, Jesus, I join with you to shine away my ego. You know, just restating all the affirmations, you know, that... uh, It just seems like, um, am I am I so split that instead of this being shut, the light shining through the stuff and releasing it, am I just becoming more skillful at be, becoming two totally different people? And when the ego arises, it's like, oh my God, it's as powerful and horrible as ever. You know, it's like... Oh my God! Like, light, light and strength are in me, right? I am the light and strength. Didn't feel like it at all. How could I be so self-identified with complete chaos in one minute? I don't even know. 
It's it's a little disappointing, honestly, I have to say. But I would love to share something else while I'm on the phone. I went to visit the baby on Saturday, and my daughter had doctor's appointments. I'm holding the baby, and Reverend Pam was doing the call. And I looked in my granddaughter's eyes, and we were staring in each other's eyes. And it was the most powerful, joining, holy, instant, divine experience I've had in years. It's kind of like the pendulum. The pendulum swung into the light and into the divine so deeply on Saturday. It flew, it's, it, and then it swung all the way in the other direction yesterday. Just kind of, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. For all my trying, I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. But I got to say that moment, I was staring in Tali's eyes. She's staring back. And it was pure joining and no bodies. It was just pure love and innocence. And she's nine months old, so she's a real innocent soul right this minute. Like the ego's not really developed in her. I'm sure there's one probably coming from her past uh, some scars or she wouldn't be coming to earth. But I'm holding her and she has this bottle in her mouth. And then all of a sudden, she just cracks a smile. And when she smiles, it's like the joy that just burst forth was so unbelievable. And I went home and all night on Saturday night, I just, I was so grateful. I just kept thinking, thank you, God, for letting me feel that and touch that place, that place of innocence and joy and love. And it had this pendulum swung back yesterday. Anyway, I'm complete. Thank you for letting me share that. And thank you so much for this being a place where I can talk without going into insanity afterwards. That it's a safe place. Thank you. I'm complete. No, that was so beautiful, Karen. And it is absolutely safe for forgiveness is implicit. I so appreciate your share, Karen, it's Sandra, and I can totally relate. For many, many years, I I felt like a yo-yo, but I stayed the course and kept practicing and kept practicing, and then there was, I don't know, three or four years that I, I felt... I used to say it on this meeting, you know, that I was peaceful and joyful and happy 98% of the time. You know, I felt so good. I seemed to get an equilibrium. I wasn't yo-yoing anymore. And part of that yo-yoing was to inspire self-forgiveness in me. You know, that I had to forgive myself and I had to stop judging my progress, that my progress was not in my hands my progress was in the Holy Spirit's hands. All I had to do was put one foot in front of the other and do the next right thing and not judge myself that I wasn't doing it good enough or fast enough or whatever and really forgiving myself for believing the lies. 
That, that was the only thing that I did wrong. I believed them. But it wasn't just me who believed them. It was my parents and their parents and their parents before them and their parents before them. And, you know, it's just like there's a lot of, there's a, a lot of years, thousands and thousands of years of people believing the lie. So, but now we have an opportunity. This is it, guys. We're creating a whole new earth. We have an opportunity to embrace the truth. But that's not going to happen overnight. At least my experience with it is it doesn't happen overnight. If it took people 40 years to learn to wash their hands before they do surgery, you know, <laughs> when, when Pastor, uh, you know, um, um, uh, whatever, he, he introduced that and proved that it was true. <laughs> and he brought in the, the ideas of bacteria and viruses and stuff, and simply by washing. You know, a lot of the diseases on our planet have been eradicated simply by hygiene. And a lot of the diseases that are happening right now are, are because of the way we take care of ourselves and the planet. And because it's been more important to make money and to make profit than it was to honor the land and the people so I, those are lessons we have to learn. That's all, as a, as a species, that the skies that we are free on this planet. The sky's the limit. There's really only two rules that we need to practice: do not harm each other and do not harm the planet. Period. You want to make money? Go make money. Whatever you want to do, you cannot harm yourself, others, or the planet. That's it. So simple. But maybe it'll take 400 years before we get that. I don't know. It's in God's hands. Thank God. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you. Well, it's been so pleasant, drifted right past the top of the hour. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> hmm. well, I I think this just to put the lessons there. <clears throat> repeat this over and over again. And so paragraph seven is the lesson. Salvation requires the acceptance of but one thought. You are as God created you, not what you made of yourself. I interject here. <laughs> Our weakness is his strength. Anyway. Whatever evil you may think you did, you are as God created you. Whatever mistakes you made, the truth about you is unchanged. Creation is eternal and unalterable. Your sinlessness is guaranteed by God. You are and will forever be exactly as you were created. Light and joy and peace abide in you because God put them there. 
today.